With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to episode 125, McChesney Unchained at DNVR. I'm your host, Matt McChesney. As always, we're coming to you from the lab down here at Six Zero Football Academy over Zoom today to uh, talk about week one of the NFL season, the college football season week two, and some of the great games there and, and get you primed up for week two of the NFL, week three of college football. Uh, it is my honor and pleasure to have, uh, you know, the master and one of my mentors in the radio game and one of my best friends out there and the voice of your Denver Broncos, Mr. Rick Lewis uh, from 1034, 103.5 The Fox and, and so much more, the Rick Lewis Project. And, and just, I mean, it, he's the master for a reason. He joins us here today on episode 125. And as always, it is brought to you by our good friends at DraftKings. Uh, and week week one may be over, but the season's just getting started. At DraftKings Sportsbook, the official draft, the official sports betting partner of the National Football League, to kick off week two, DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't miss offer. You just bet one dollar on any football game this week to receive two hundred dollars in free bets instantly, no matter what. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers two hundred dollars in free bets instantly when they bet at least one dollar on any football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code DNVR to get your $200 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. The official sports betting partner of the National Football League. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings dot com slash sportsbook for details do you have a gambling problem 1-800-522-4700 if you do and we roll here on episode 125 and like i said earlier it is my honor and pleasure to bring on the master mr rick lewis joining us here rick what's up brother happy wednesday morning hey thank you matt it's it's nice to see your ruggedly handsome face uh, via zoom uh, we need to get together here soon man it's been a while I, I agree. The last time we we hung out, we shot some some uh, some doves or what? Those weren't doves. Those were uh, what? What pheasants. were those birds called? Pheasants. Yeah, we pheasants, went pheasant hunting, yeah. and it was 
awesome. It was so much fun. And we're Rick and I just parading around in a field with your sons-in-laws shooting stuff. It was so much fun. I had such a good <laughs> yes, time. Yes, it was. When, when does that start up? When does that start up again, season wise? Really soon. I, I think uh, October first. We can get back out there. Oh man, I'm in. I am so in. And and it's it's crazy. I know. When we were out there hunting, I everything that flew to my left, I shot, and I can't even see left. So it must just be instinct for the big guy. <laughs> yeah, we were thinking maybe the fact that you could only see out of one eye actually benefited you. Maybe you, you hit everything, every single shot you hit. Yeah. And we were getting a little pissed off about it. I mean, the guy with one eye is beating everybody else. At some point, I just <laughs> think maybe I, I like if I'm that good at pheasant hunting on the left maybe i should go try nascar but there's no stop signs in nascar so all left turns might be tough bro <laughs> <laughs> uh like like always you can hear rick every morning on 103.5 the fox uh with the great kathy lee they've been doing that for well forever and and i'm honored to be uh to be back on there talking about the broncos once a week with my man and and uh, also the you know he's the voice of the broncos with uh the great dave logan every sunday and before we get into you know the broncos and what you saw in new york just the, the the dynamic between you and Dave is so good on the radio back and forth. Folks, if you haven't heard Rick and Dave on the radio together, uh, the, the give and take is outstanding. And and uh, I, I really I really like the fact that it's, it's like kind of the roles are reversed a little bit with the color and the play by play guy. And it's it just they feed off each other in such a great way. How cool is it to be with Coach Logan up there in the booth? And, and how much have you learned from that man just over the last four or five years? Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Thank you for the for the nice words, Matt. Yeah, I love I love calling games with Dave. Um, we we have great chemistry together, much like you and I do. Uh, and chemistry is something you just can't buy. You either have it or you don't. And uh, it's kind of rare. And so when you do have it, you've got lightning in a bottle, and um, it, it really works on the on the Broncos broadcast. And everybody knows Dave Logan has been calling Broncos games for 32 years now. Believe that, 32 years. Wow. And this will be my fifth year with Dave. Uh, and Dave, uh, Dave's got a PhD in football, just like you. There's Dr. Logan Dr. and Dr. Logan. McChesney. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've soaked in a lot of knowledge and information from him and you both. You guys are both, uh, you know, kind of my mentors in, in uh, professional football. Um, there's a lot to learn and, um, I'm eager to learn it. Uh, I, I do all the prep I have to do for the games and, you know, it's funny, you know, you end up using maybe 10% uh, of what you prep for during the week, but you have to have it all there, you know, just so it's there in your head. And just in case something happens, or if some guy makes a play, you know, that's maybe a second or third line guy, he makes a play. You got to have something. Gotta know, you know, so you got to do it all. And, and I love calling the games with Dave and uh, it was really fun uh, on Sunday when they, they blew out the giants in New York. This would be my fifth year. I can only remember one other real blowout that was in Arizona on the road, uh, in the base yeah. Joseph years. And I remember yeah. uh, the Houston game down in Houston uh, with drew Locke. That wasn't really a blowout, but it was a, a pretty easy win. But this was the first time where I think they totally dominated uh, every facet of the game. And, man, it is so much more fun calling games uh, when they're winning like that, man. And I'm optimistic it's going to be a, a pretty fun season. 
And Rick and I used to do a show on 1035 The Fox back in the day called The Truth. And that was during the Manning era when they were winning Super Bowls and they were going to Super Bowls. And that, if, like you just said, it's so much more fun when you get the opportunity to be with the team when they're good and winning. And that was some of the most fun I've ever had on the radio, not just obviously because I'm, I'm with my mentor and the master Rick Lewis, but the ability to like to, to go to training camp and be around greatness, it rubs off on the media as well. Every, nobody wants to, to cover a losing team. So let's jump into that. By the end of the middle of the fourth quarter in New York, the stands were damn near empty, and it was all Bronco fans. So you can tell we won a winner. Just the the atmosphere in New York, the feeling of the game. Before we get into the individual performances by Vaughn and Teddy and, and so on and so forth, I feel like, personally, this is a much different feeling, not because of the win or the loss, just overall different feeling of the team. Now, is that Vic? Is it Teddy? What is it in your – is it health? Is it no COVID? Is it a combination of all of them? It, just the feeling here for the Denver Broncos this year that is, in my opinion, is they are a true contender in the AFC. Yeah, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Uh, it does feel different going into this season. Uh, just a, a, a more sense of optimism. Um, and I think for many reasons, you, you pretty much nailed all of it. Uh, number one, fans are back in the stands, uh, which makes a big difference. How cool was that to hear um, the crowd noise? You know, it, on, on TV, it was incredible. It, it's 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 night and day. I can't wait until the Broncos come back here in week three and play the Jets, and they're very likely to come back here 2-0 and uh, for that game. Imagine what it's going to be like. <laughs> I mean, imagine what that's going to be like if they come back here 2-0 and and they're playing the Jets and fans are allowed back in the stadium again. I'm really looking forward to that. But this team just feels different to me. Uh, going in, I, I, I think we all knew that we were going to get better quarterback play this year going in. Did we know it was going to be as good as it looked Sunday with Teddy Bridgewater? I, I don't think I was expecting it to be that much better. Uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater probably played the best game of his career against the Giants on Sunday. Um, can he duplicate that from week to week? I doubt it, but I think you're going to see much more consistent quarterback play. You can see what he's capable of doing, uh, especially with a, with a good roster around him. This is kind of how he looked uh, early in his career with Minnesota yep. before he got hurt and how he looked, uh, when he was, uh, came off the bench for Drew Brees in New Orleans and they had a really good roster. He's, he's got a good roster around him. A lot of talented young people. Uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And, and he is a natural leader. That's another thing I didn't know about him. But he leads in kind of a different way. And, Matt, you know you played six years in the league. Uh, there's guys that are in your face, rah-rah guys, and there's guys like him that he, he, he seems to let his play do the leading. And he's got this really cool, calm demeanor about him which I think is really, really cool and unique. Uh, it, it's, he seems like a guy who's never going to panic. He seems like a guy uh, who's never going to be overwhelmed. And I think when you have that guy in the huddle, it gives your whole offense uh, a sense of confidence that you can be successful. And you would know that better than me. But And I, I've never – I still haven't met Teddy. We've interviewed him um, on the radio, but – you really pick up on his personality 
I think is a big part of who he is and why the team has rallied around him already. And, and I, man, I, I think this could be a pretty good year. Yeah, and Teddy's ice cold, man. I, I, you know, they used to call him Teddy Ballgame back at Louisville and in Minnesota when he was young, and I can see it now. Um, the cool, calm confidence that he had on the sideline, you know, it just it rubs off on the other 10 on the field. It rubs off on the defense. They know that they're going to play with the lead and they can get after the quarterback. I love the check with me system at the line of scrimmage and the, his ability to, to drain the play clock, see what the defense is doing and then articulate the check and make it and, and, and go out there and, and uh, put the football in the hands of his playmakers. That was elite. No doubt. Um, the red zone though. I mean, for last year's struggles in Carolina because of the new offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, or not having Christian McCaffrey, they struggled immensely in the red zone. And it was probably because of coaching, because the Teddy ball game that I saw in the red zone this weekend, that wasn't a, that was a top 10 quarterback in the red zone in the NFL. And he, he was outstanding in every facet of the game on Sunday. And they play Jack. They're at Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a Let's just be real. They're a dog shit team right now. They're not very good. And that should be a cleanup win. They should go down there and beat the hell out of Jacksonville. And just like you said, Rick, the, the homecoming back to uh, week three and the Jets in, in sports or in, in power field is going to be the coronation for Teddy. Cause I, I know that he was in Minnesota and when he was in Minnesota, if you remember correctly, he was uh, playing in the old gopher stadium outside. So even that atmosphere, I don't know if he's ever really been, at a, in a home stadium like he's going to experience that week three uh, game against the Jets being 2-0, and at least I'd have to assume. Before we get into the defense, do you expect them to go down to Jacksonville and just pick up right where they left off? Because I do. Well, like I said a couple of minutes ago, I think that was that could have been the best game he's ever played in his NFL career. Um, I, I wouldn't think he's going to look that good from week to week you know, just based on his past resume in the NFL. He had the highest quarterback rating of any quarterback in the league last weekend. Well, I'm saying he was outstanding. Uh, yeah, I mean, so is Teddy Bridgewater going to be the best quarterback in the NFL this year? Probably not. Is he going to be a top 10 quarterback? You know, that's certainly possible. Uh, based on his resume, you would think he's probably going to be 14 or 15 best quarterback in the league. And if he does that, just doing that alone, That'll be an upgrade for this team at that position. But, I, you know, you never know, man. He, he could get on a roll here, and this team could get on a roll uh, with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I, I wouldn't expect him to look that good against Jacksonville, but I think he'll have a very good game. I expect the Broncos to win that game easily. Yep. You can't take him for granted. Uh, that quarterback, that young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, has got a, a ton of talent. He, can he did throw it. three touchdowns along with three picks in his first game in the national football league. So he's going to be able to, to, to do some damage. Um, but I, I feel like they will pick it up. I think they have some big momentum going right now. It just feels different to me uh, with this team. I think they're going to, they're going to probably win pretty easy on Sunday and then come back here in front of the hometown fans. And they're going to put an ass whipping on the jets. Oh, yeah. You're going to see a three and O team uh, to start this season. And then if, if they are three, not to look too far ahead, but if they are three and zero, that Baltimore Pittsburgh two week stretch is going to look. I was in Vegas this last two days. I went to the Monday night game, watched the Raiders beat 
the Baltimore in, in overtime. Baltimore is beatable. Look, everybody's beatable in the National Football League. So consistency is going to rain out offensively uh, with the Denver Broncos. And I think we have the right guy at the quarterback position to keep that going. Uh, the voice of your Denver Broncos, Mr. Rick Lewis, joins us here uh, on episode 125, McChesney Unchained. Uh, the master now, we, we'll jump into the defense. Um, watching Vaughn play the way he did on Sunday with the two sacks, the constant pressure, how hyped he was. With the defense healthy, it seems. I know Darby's now hurt, but it gives more of an opportunity to Sotan. That defense, Rick, is a top five unit, maybe a top three unit. How much fun was it to be there and watch them eat the way they did on Sunday? Yeah, it's uh, this reminds me of the Super Bowl year defense. Uh, and as we know, Von Miller was the uh, the MVP of the Super Bowl that year. This is a, it seems to be a newly committed, fresh Von Miller after missing all of last season. He just had a little baby. Uh, he said he wants to play long enough so that his, his son can watch him play, which means he's going to have to be around for several more years to do that. Eight to ten years, yeah. Yeah, and and he's he sounds like a different guy to me now. He, he sounds like he loves football. He sounds like he's really interested in playing football again. And, and when you're away from the game for a year, uh, that tends to happen. You know, I think you can tend to get a little complacent, uh, like, hey, man, you know, um, I'm going to be able to do this forever. And then you have an injury like he had where you're out for a year. You, you got to step back, and it gives you a whole new perspective on life and, and having a kid does the same thing, Damn new straight. perspective on life. And then um, watching the game from the sideline doesn't feel so good. And you can't wait to get back in there. You can't wait to play and contribute. Von Miller, who had two sacks Sunday, probably is going to have a monster season this year. And especially if you can get Bradley Chubb back healthy on the other side. Those guys have only played four games together. They've only been together on the field for four games. Crazy. And if you can get Bradley Chubb back healthy on the other side, man, there's no telling how many sacks Von Miller may have this year. And then you got that back end, the back end, that secondary is probably the best in the league. I know it's the highest yeah. paid in the league, so they better yeah. be the best. Uh, and they've got a lot of depth there. And it's a good thing. There was a lot of talk about trading Bryce Callahan before the season. Good thing you didn't do it. Because uh, Darby got hurt on the last series of the game. He, they put him on IR. He's going to be out for at least three weeks. But you've still got Pat Sertan sitting back there, you know, that you can plug in. Your number one draft pick, uh, he looked great in preseason. Looked a little shaky in game one. I'm sure everybody noticed that. He, he only that played 16 snaps. But um, they're, they're deep in that back end. They got a lot of talent. Uh, I'm confident he'll pick it up quick. Did you like the plan from Fangio? And did you did you think that they played that correctly? Because, uh, look, I, I the Giants' defense last year was atrocious. Saquon Barkley is not healthy. Still, still, to dominate a team defensively like that in an NFL game these days uh, with the rules totally and unequivocally predicated to the offense getting points and the, the penalties always being in the favor of the offense – it's rare. You don't really see that. I mean, the only other game this week that was like that was Green Bay, and they just shit all over themselves. So 
this this is the kind of thing where they're they've got Jacksonville this weekend, the number one pick. They got the Jets at home week three, the number two pick. You could be looking at a, a defense that's ranked number one in the NFL in a lot of different categories going in against Baltimore uh, in that huge week four game. Do you think they are mature enough defensively, which I, I think they are, to handle playing teams that aren't very good? Because in, in the past, over the last four or five years, Rick, you can attest to this, when they go on the road and they're supposed to beat the hell out of somebody, they tend to play to the level of their competition. And I, I'm just – I'm worried that a little bit of back padding and, you know, like, hey, you guys are really, really good this year. I'm hoping that the leadership on this team doesn't allow that to happen. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and, and I, I think they'll, they'll be good there because they, they have uh, some good veteran leadership on the defensive side of the ball. The offensive side of the ball is a little different. Uh, other than Teddy Bridgewater, they're very, very young. On uh, offense, but on defense, that's where they do have uh, some veterans. And, and Von Miller, speaking of Von again, he looks like he wants to be the leader of that defense, which is something I don't think we've really seen uh, throughout Von's career. You know, Von seemed to be pretty happy just being Von and letting other people lead on defense. This seems like it's a role that he relishes now that he wants to be that guy. And I think that's that's really a big deal uh, for the team moving forward. And uh, Justin Simmons, another great leader on the team. Kareem Jackson, a guy who's been around a long time, uh, is another great leader on the team. Uh, they Bradley Chubb. Let's talk about Bradley Chubb, too. Bradley let's Chubb, even though he's a young guy, that guy's a young lion. I mean, that's a guy who wants to be the leader of this defense, uh, he, he's very, very vocal, and uh, he, we know he's a really good player. Bradley Chubb, when he's healthy, will also provide uh, some leadership and some toughness on the uh, defensive side of the ball. I, I think we're going to see uh, this defense by the time we get to the end of the year. They're going to, I would predict, top three defense in the league. Uh, and, and if the offense plays like they did Sunday against the Giants, which I wouldn't expect every week, I already said, that although the Giants had a really good defense too, they're good on defense. Yes, yeah. I mean that was the strength of their team was defense. One hundred percent. And the Broncos, Broncos tore them up with over four hundred total yards. Uh, man, we're gonna have some fun this year, Matt. We're gonna have some fun. I remember back when we used to do the truth, and man, we had a good time doing that show. That was so right much here on fun. The Fox. Going to the stadium or always in the <laughs> always in the studio at the Fox. And it was just that the aura of that team. I remember we used to sit down and go, man, they are just going to slaughter these guys this weekend. Look how, look, look at how efficient they are. And yes, they had Peyton Manning, but Teddy is the same kind of smart quarterback that you need on a team like this. So he's not putting them in bad positions. And, And look, that's why he won the job. And that's why the Broncos are now, in my opinion, a bona fide playoff team on the AFC West is loaded. Everybody in that division won. They're all one and oh, very similar to the NFC West. The Western, uh, the Western divisions in the NFC and the AFC are stacked. So that's pretty cool. Um, last question for before uh, we get into just some more broad NFL topics. I wanted to get your opinion on Aaron Rodgers just because of all the stuff from the offseason. Um, do you like the fact that all the AFC West games relatively are in the second half of the season? It just gives them more time to prime up to win those five of those six games and potentially win the division. 
I find it interesting. Um, I think it's going to get really interesting down the stretch. And, and that's probably why that they, they made the schedule the way they did. Like uh, and this division is going to be, uh, it's going to be one of the toughest, I think the toughest in the uh, AFC. And it's Definitely. certainly one of the toughest in the National Football League. It's going to come right down to the end. All four of these teams, I, I think, are going to give, uh, have a chance to, uh, to win the division. Uh, and the other three are going to give the Chiefs a run for their money this year. I just have a feeling about that. Yep. Uh, we saw, uh, you know, the Chiefs last week. You know, they, they had to really scramble to pull out a win there. Um, they got a tough game coming up against Baltimore this week. I, I feel like uh, the Broncos, the Chargers, and maybe even the Raiders, uh, but certainly the Broncos and Chargers are going to give the Chiefs uh, a run for the AFC West uh, division title this year. And I don't know how many teams out of the division can make the playoffs. It might be three. Only three. three, three yeah, all year. four can't make it. Yeah, and, and, and you mentioned the NFC West. To me, that's probably the best division in the okay. game. They'll probably have three teams out of that division get in uh, as well. It's going to get super competitive, no doubt. Uh, last question here for the Master Rick Lewis. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at one Rick Lewis. He's a great follow. Make sure you do that. Um, the Aaron Rodgers thing. So much of what we talked about at the beginning of this show is chemistry and how you and I have chemistry, you and Dave have chemistry, you work together long enough, you know somebody, you gain, you gain to trust them and know that they're going to show up and do their job. Aaron Rodgers is the reigning MVP. In all my years of football, brother, I have never in my life seen, or maybe I just can't remember, but you usually remember shit like this. I've never seen an elite talent with a team that just played in the NFC title game just look that bad for that long, not be able to figure it out at all. And for Aaron Rodgers to look as uninterested as he was on the field and then as uninterested as he was in the press conference. And then the next day he's exactly like, might as well just be saying, relax again. Personally, it looks to me like the guy was in Hawaii a little bit too long in the off season and just thinks that he can walk out there and just do the shit. What's your opinion on that? Cause that's a bona fide professional. And you and I both know that, you can knock rust off, but also the rust is what eats the iron. So if there's no integrity inside, we're dead. So what's your opinion on this, man? Because if that's the Aaron Rodgers that we're going to go sign, I'm good. We'll just keep Teddy. <laughs> yeah, well, if you've ever been to Hawaii, you know uh, it's pretty easy to get into that attitude, that hang-loose attitude. Uh, no pressure, brah. Uh, and, and he certainly uh, had that all summer. I mean, he, he was just having a good time. He, he didn't seem like he cared about football anymore. Uh, he's with his fiance, hanging out, you know, in the jungle of, of Hawaii. Um, talking about a big distraction, the entire offseason and the summer with Aaron Rodgers and the stuff that was being said going back and forth, and him acting like he didn't even really want to be in training camp, and he really wasn't. Uh, by the time he gets back, you know, he maybe needs to ramp up that competitive fire just a little bit more if yeah. he still wants to play. Maybe he doesn't, Matt. Maybe, maybe you know, that, that downtime, he got a little different perspective and, and, and took a look at things. You know, he's already made all the money in the world. You know, he's already set for life. And if he has kids, his kids and his grandkids will be set for life. Um, you know, I mean, you got to be you got to have that competitive juice to play in the NFL. 
at a high level. And maybe it's going to take him a little longer to get that back just because of how he lived his life in the offseason. And you're right, man. I was thinking the same thing when I, when I watched that game. Um, maybe we are better off that uh, we didn't make that trade for him this year. I, I, I have a feeling, you know, it could, still could happen next year. And, and you know things and I know things. And remember we used to, uh, when we were doing the, the truth, we would always say we know too much. Yeah, we know too much. You know, you you know, too you, much. you know things uh, when you're in this business, and especially somebody like Matt, who knows a lot of the players and played in the league. So you know things that you can't really talk about. There's right? certain so things we used that to we, say, just we know can't too much. Discuss. Yes. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that talk at the end of the season uh, gets gets started again of the Broncos maybe trading for uh, Aaron Rodgers. Again, uh, all of the inside sources that I really trust were telling me and telling us that that was real. That was like close. That, that, the Aaron Rodgers talk, that was real. Close. Yep, it was. Yeah, it was close. And so, but you know what, man? If Teddy goes out and balls this season, if Teddy has the kind of year that we think he can have, and if he looks like he did Sunday against the Giants throughout the year, Teddy's going to be the quarterback next year. He's going to get paid. And, and that was the question I was going to roll with. It's See, chemistry. Um, before we get you out of here, how at what point do you have to look at this and go, we've got him for a year and, you know, they're four and one or five and oh, and just beat Baltimore and Pittsburgh and their defense is elite and his knee's not an issue and they're rallying around him. At that point, do you start? I mean, that's that's the the difference here is, I remember when Trevor Simeon was playing really well and everybody's like, Pam, and then he fell off a cliff. Bridgewater's already been through all the early adversity of his career, and if he's got five to seven years of relatively consistent to elite quarterback play in him, I would much rather see that here than him going somewhere else because everybody else in the NFL is going to be looking at him going, oh, man, we're, if we're a piece away, that's our piece right there. Look how consistent he was this year. Before we get you out of here, Rick, what do you think on that? Yeah, you know, what is he, 28 years old, I believe? He's 28, uh, 28 29, 29, maybe he'll be like 29 here during the season. But, yeah, he's still a relatively young quarterback. Uh, and, you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if he does have the season that I think he's probably going to have, it would not surprise me at all if the Broncos sign him to a long-term contract and he will be your quarterback moving forward for the next three or four years. Uh, you could do a whole lot worse than him. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, of all the quarterbacks that have played here for this team since Peyton Manning, he's the best one. Uh, and maybe, you know, he's at that stage of his career, too, where he's going to continue to get better. And from what we saw Sunday, you know, that could be that could be the case with him. Maybe he's going to continue to get better. Look at Ryan Tannehill. Yep. Look at Ryan Tannehill in Miami. He was a, he was a bust. Disaster. And then he goes to Tennessee, and now then he got paid, man. Ryan Tannehill figured it out, and he got in the right system. He got on the right team. Maybe that'll be the same case here with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Rick, thank you so much for your time this morning. Everybody, you can hear Rick every morning on 103.5 The Fox uh, with the great Kathy Lee, the master, uh, and then every single Sunday or whenever the Broncos are playing with the great Dave Logan. Uh, Rick, Thank you so much, brother. Enjoy your day. And I can't wait to hear the call on Sunday. And I'll, I'll be at the Jet game with my sons uh, with when the Broncos open. So we'll make sure to uh, 
come up and say hi and give you some hugs. Yeah, man, it'll be good to see you. It'll be good to see the boys. And thanks for having me on your podcast. And uh, you're one of the few guys that makes me look like I got a small head. So I, anytime I can appear <laughs> with you on, a, on a, a show like this, it makes me feel better about myself. Thank you, brother. I love you, man. Have a great day. <laughs> love you too, man. Always great to have the great Rick Lewis here on the show on McChesney Unchained episode 125 as we roll. Uh, all right, so let's get into the rest of this. So the, we obviously broke down the Bronco game. You get to hear from the, one of the voices, the commentators got some inside inside uh, knowledge, and Rick just spit some fire. That was that was as good as it gets. Uh, but look, the rest of the NFL, they were they were playing all over the country, and I went to uh, I went to Vegas this weekend, and it was fun i had an awesome time i'm not gonna lie um the games in the sports book were wild uh it, it was the atmosphere was wild I, I ended up going to the monday night game uh when the raiders played baltimore that place is like a spaceship i thought it was gonna take off levitate and go into the atmosphere it was so fun we sat in a suite right next to uh to uh whatever is mark davis and c wood was in there and it was just it was dope uh it, it turned out to be a great game but looking around the nfl i'm not going to talk about every game but there are some games that just need to be discussed um on the thursday night opener tampa bay beat dallas 31 29 it was a hell of a game dallas has got offense all day tampa bay is as good as they were last year if not better with all 22 starters coming back uh, you know, it was high scoring, but that's what the National Football League is. If you can't score points in this league, you're probably not going to have a job for very long. Um, I think both of those teams are playoff teams. I, I just think Dallas is going to run away with the East uh, when the whole season, you know, it gets to where they get to. The Giants and the Redskins don't have any offense. Uh, and Philadelphia beat up on a team that I think is just atrocious in Atlanta. So it's it's going to be if Dallas doesn't just get destroyed by injury and they don't fuck it up on them on their own, I'd anticipate the Cowboys being in the playoffs and hosting a playoff game. Tampa Bay should be the one seed in the NFC this year. Uh, I'd imagine they're going to be a pretty tough out regardless. So Tom Brady looks great. Gronkowski looked great. The offense looked great and they still didn't look good. It was week one jitters. So I can only imagine how good they're going to look once the engine revs nine straight wins now for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they roll. Uh, Kansas City beats the Browns 33-29. to That's one of my uh, parlays there on the touchdown scores. Uh, that was a nice little payday for the big guy. I kicked some major fucking ass this weekend in Vegas, man. Um, I'm not going to sit here and talk about how much money I made, but this is the smile. So it was really fun. Uh, I destroyed a blackjack table for about seven hours before I got on the plane, too. I was going to go to bed, but you never leave the table on a fucking heater. And boy, was I on one. Um, but back to the, the Chiefs and the Browns, that was one of the most entertaining games of the weekend. Cleveland came out slinging it around. They looked good doing it. I love Baker Mayfield and his swag and the way he plays. They need to lock that man down immediately uh, and give him his extension. They didn't have Beckham. Odell's still not healthy from that knee. But when he gets back on the field, they're just going to be even more explosive. Um, you know, Cleveland and Nick Chubb, that's a guaranteed touchdown a week, in my opinion. Jarvis Landry scored for him again. 
Uh, Kelsey and Hill both score for Kansas City. Those are damn near guarantees. Every time I put money on those guys to score, they they pay me. Uh, that game was outstanding. The, the Chiefs do not have the defense the Broncos have, though. And I'm telling you, nobody in the AFC West does. The Chargers don't have that defense. The Raiders damn sure don't have it. Max Crosby is about as special as they get. But other than him, it's, you know, it's a toss-up on whether or not they're going to play well. And Kansas City, even without the Honey Badger, they gave up a lot of points and a lot of yards. And Chris Jones is good. They've got pieces, but they are far from elite. Uh, so there's blood in the water there. Great game. Browns lose uh, after having the, the lead for as long as they did, but still hell of a contest in week one. Uh, Seattle went to Indy and just beat the dog shit out of the Colts on their home field. I didn't expect them. To, I expected Seattle to win, but not at the rate that they did. Russell Wilson went off through four touchdowns. Um, Carson Wentz and Frank Wright need to figure this out. The offensive line, not having Eric Fisher look like that hurt. Uh, Wentz was getting his ass beat by that Seattle front front seven the entire game. They were blitzing the hell out of him. So, you know, Wentz has got to figure it out. And I, I think that Carson Wentz might have been a flash in the pan, man. I don't know. Uh, I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but he's definitely far from elite at this point. And Seattle is one of those teams in the NFC West that's really, really good. All four teams in the NFC West are 1-0. All four teams in the AFC West are 1-0. It's the wild fucking West around here, man, and I can dig it. Um, Pittsburgh, we went to Buffalo and beat up on a sloppy Buffalo team that is 100% enamored with just throwing the ball over the fucking yard. And if you remember correctly, last year, they could run the ball pretty well, too. And it seems like they just, you know, they didn't have Zach Moss active. And the Singletary dropped the ball three or four times during the game, even out of bounds. And I, they, they need to find some balance in Buffalo if they want to support Josh Allen. I mean, I don't know how many times I heard Pesaveno, who I went to Vegas with, say to me when we were watching that game, if they keep running Josh Allen like this, eventually he's going to take a shot. And he didn't in that game, but it's going to happen. I mean, he's not one of those sliders. He's one of those guys that goes shoulder and head first. And with quarterbacks, your brain and your shoulder kind of important, just a touch. So uh, they need to find a way to protect Josh Allen or he's going to get fucking hurt. And that's just my opinion. I'm not a quarterback by any means, but there's a lot of fucking experts out there that think they they know, and I just – I don't know that Josh Allen running the ball like that is conducive to uh, long-term success in Buffalo, especially after you paid him the way you did. Um, now, Arizona went to Tennessee and put an absolute ass-beating on the Titans. Uh, five touchdowns for Kyler Murray, four on the air, one rushing, five sacks for Chandler Jones. J.J. Watt was dominant at the point of attack. The offensive line played really well. Kyler Murray, I'm just going to – I don't know if there's anybody more exciting, and that's a bold statement in the NFL to watch than Kyler Murray. The play where he ran right, stopped, ran back left, looked like he was going to run, backed up through a completion for a first down, was some of the like coolest shit I've ever seen a quarterback do in my life. I absolutely love watching that kid play, and I'm hoping he can get into the playoffs and, and see what they can see. But, again, that NFC West is just so good. Uh, I'm going to have to start just looking at, like, quarterback play for the teams because, I mean, shit, San Francisco is a damn good team, but Garoppolo might be the fourth-best quarterback in, in the division and Trey Lance. He might be fourth, too. I don't know how you rank the quarterbacks in that division. Stafford and the Rams did a really, really good job on Sunday Night Football. He was 20 for 26 for over 300 yards. Cooper Cup went off. Their defense played really well. You know, Jalen Ramsey was all over the place, just annihilating Chicago's offense. At every every screenplay they ran, he was there. They moved him inside and outside, so you can't just isolate him on an island. I love the fact that the new defensive coordinator moved him as much as they did. Aaron Donald was an absolute monster at the point of attack, but I can't wait to watch these NFC West games. Very similar to how 
excited I am to watch these AFC West games at the end of the year because the Broncos don't really play anybody till after week eight in the AFC West. Most of their games are at the end of the season. So Arizona was impressive. I think that's the that's the one win this weekend that I was very, very impressed. Uh, the Colts, the Colts losing at home. Seattle was impressive. Pittsburgh going to Buffalo, that was impressive, although they were pretty sloppy on offense, too. They can't run the football very well. Their defense, though, their defense is real. So, you know, this this entire weekend of football was pretty outstanding. The Monday night game was fucking awesome. I can't sit here and say it wasn't. I am extremely concerned about the Packers. And, yeah, I can I can understand Aaron Rodgers telling everybody to just be cool. It's one week. He'll probably go out on Monday Night Football and torch the Lions. But, man, this that was uh, – wow. That was atrociously bad on Sunday. And not only was it bad, but he looked unprepared. And when you're unprepared in this league, you get embarrassed. And that's what happened. And that's a bad look, man. It's a bad look coming off a fucking six-month vacation in Hawaii where you don't want to play for the team, but you are coming back. And I just – I don't know how you can repair this if you're Aaron Rodgers. I think this is one of those situations where the only way to fix it is to play lights out back to that NFC championship level. Bakhtiari's still not playing at left tackle, so that puts them in a, a very strange position. Uh, the offensive line just got absolutely fucking manhandled at point of attack by the Saints. Hats off to Jameis Winston for playing within the system that Sean Payton has provided for him. So he's not forced to throw 35 picks and 35 touchdowns at the same time. Five touchdowns, 150 yards passing. Yeah, the passing yards are low, but they ran the hell out of the ball. He took advantage of every turnover they they had, and there were a lot of them. And he was effective in the red zone and threw the ball to the right person at the right time that was open. And that's what happens in this league uh, when you know what you're doing and the coach can rein in a guy with immense talent and say, look, the, you got to pick your spots when you're going to attack. And Jameis, you know, Jameis is Jameis after after the the game when he was talking about his you know my my trainer tells me all the time that uh that uh that uh what the fuck does he say to me all the time I can't really remember so either Jameis likes the old bait pen which hey good for you Jay I'm on the same fucking field with you in that one regard or he's been hitting the head too much with yeah you play quarterback so that could have happened as well <laughs> or maybe he's just funny as hell because that shit was pretty funny. Uh, but the post-game interview with Jameis Winston, you know, you look at him his first two, three years in the league is he's up there making excuses and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, he's just dressed like a regular guy would dress in the NFL. And we saw him on Sunday in the press conference and he was he was articulating every point. And he was very to the point on what he wanted to talk about. And he set the tone. And he's up there in a nice ass, like like a $5,000 suit looking like a goddamn G. And that's what you want your quarterback to do that's what i'm looking for so hats off to Jameis, but aaron Rodgers and the and the packers they better get their shit together or they're bro i mean they played detroit monday night they should win that game but if you slouch on detroit and you just think you're going to run them they'll beat you they're an nfl football team uh they, they scored 33 points against the niners at home so it's not like they can't score and they don't have any talent they're just the fucking lions that that's like football purgatory for half the people that go there. But again, you can't sleep on them or they will beat you. And then after that, the Packers have, I think the Steelers and the Ravens maybe, or they've got some pretty good games coming up where they could be looking at one and three, one and four. And then it's panic time in green Bay. And, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't like that. He, he likes things to be cool and mellow and everybody to love everybody and shit. And I just don't really think that's the way that you can win in this league consistently. So 
at some point, somebody in Green Bay has to hold that man accountable too. And I said this to Rick, and thanks for him for coming on the show, but if we're going to get that Aaron Rodgers, the inconsistent, complacent guy who doesn't want to be here in the offseason and isn't going to put everything into winning, I don't want him. I don't give a shit how good he is. That That's a fucking attitude problem. And, and look, I was very, very disappointed in how nonchalant he was on the field and how nonchalant he was about playing the way he did in the press conference and the next day. Um, at some point, if you don't show that you give a shit, no one will know you care at all. And it won't really matter about him just saying, relax, we'll figure it out. Nah, man, that, that shit was embarrassing. So they got to fix it. So, look, first week of the NFL season was fantastic. Make sure you get on DraftKings and, and bet your ass off this weekend, responsibly, of course. Um, I, I'm going to start a, a YouTube show myself uh, for sports betting. Uh, I, I made quite a bit of money last year doing it. And uh, this year, I mean, just after two weeks of college football and one week of pro football, I'm up a very large number, to say the least. Uh, I hit a five-leg parlay Saturday with the college games that paid this man. Um, so, you know, we'll do a subscription service and see who wants to get some some tips here on bets. Uh, there's no guarantees, but I know more than you, and my pocketbook says I do. So we'll be uh, jumping in on that. I'll keep you posted on all that as we go. I'm going to be on DNVR bus today with my man Henry uh, later this afternoon. We'll talk more in-depth about the buffs and Texas A&M game. Uh, there, but I did want to talk a little bit about the rest of college football and the bus touch here on McChesney Interchange 125 on DNVR uh, before I get out of here. So Oregon goes on to the shoe and wins. Uh, I had them covering that 14 points and they won 35-28 and they look good doing it. Offensive line absolutely dominated the game. They kept A.J. Brown clean and they ran the hell out of the football at the point of attack. Mario Cristobal, I, I hope he doesn't go to USC. I don't see him leaving Oregon. Uh, he's got them humming. Uh, that's not a Chip Kelly finesse, you know, motion-based, you know, reverse offense. That's a lineup and annihilate people at the point of attack, a physical offense. And they play good defense. They play great defense without their best two players. So I'd anticipate Oregon to be the top dog in the Pac-12 this year. And if they could figure out a way to, you know, go through the season with maybe one loss or no losses, they're a playoff team. Um, the, the best two games of the weekend, in my opinion, where Pig Suey, Arkansas, just beating the shit out of Texas down at Arkansas and USC getting absolutely waxed by Stanford. Um, we'll start with the Texas game. I just like when Texas loses. Fuck Texas. Horns down. Um, I, I don't think that they are as good as they think they are. I don't, I don't like their arrogance. I hate the fact that everybody thinks it's such a great job. Yeah, it might have resources and whatnot, but I just, I love it when Texas is terrible and bro, they, they got absolutely manhandled by Arkansas. And I love the way that Arkansas was just like, Hey, welcome to the sec. And that's what you're going to get. You see, this is not the big 12. You're not playing Kansas. Arkansas isn't even that good, but they're fucking better than Texas. So I, I, man, there's nothing cooler than if Texas goes to the SEC and can't figure it out and they turn into a three or four win team every year and two of those wins are over UTEP and like Texas San Antonio, I'm going to be the happiest person on earth just because they suck. Um, and then USC, SC was 
embarrassed by Stanford. And I am so proud of Drake Nugent and Bear Miller for keeping their nose to the stone. Two of the starting five offensive linemen for Stanford. Drake's the center. Bear's one of the guards. Two of my guys that I've been with here at 6-0 for years. Um, they absolutely manhandled USC at the point of attack and ran the ball all over them. And they were so disappointed after the week one performance. They changed the quarterback. And Coach Shaw changed the system up a little bit and got more back to that Stanford way of doing things. And Stanford's going to give people a run in the North, I think. I think they're going to be a really good team. And sometimes you need to get your teeth kicked in to, to wake up and see what you could actually be. And Kansas State definitely did that to them week one. Uh, Stanford hats off to Fear the Tree and, and, and what they did. Not only did they whip USC's ass and blueprint how to beat them, and hopefully the bus can figure that out when they play them uh, week two of the Pac-12 season. Uh, but but they got Clay Helton fired. So USC fans, you should be Stanford fans here today, at least, uh, with Clay Helton kicking rocks. And we'll see who takes that job. I wouldn't be surprised if Urban Meyer uh, emerges and leaves Jacksonville. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Urban Meyer pulls a Bobby Petrino and leaves in the middle of the season. Um, I thought that he would struggle as the coach down there with his rah-rah college bullshit, and he's going to. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars are dog shit. They're not good. He may win one or two games all year. They're on a 16-game regular season losing streak. So, you know, the Broncos are going to mop the fuck out of Jacksonville this weekend. Um, here's the breakdown. Run the ball down their throat. Get a lead. Let the defense eat. There's going to be multiple turnovers had because Trevor Lawrence, I wouldn't be surprised if Denver's defense scores. I can almost guarantee you i try and parlay that on touchdown scores. Um, I'd imagine that Melvin Gordon will eat. And the offensive line will eat and Bridgewater will play within himself. And, you know, having Jerry Judy out sucks, but it allows more opportunity for other guys. And they've got depth there as well. So, you know, USC is not what they were, but they're still a very prominent program, as is Texas. They can they have the money to go out and attract a good coach. It's just a matter of who that coach is going to be. Um, I would not be surprised at all if Urban Meyer is the coach at USC. And I don't necessarily think that that is good for everybody else in the Pac-12 because they'll probably be pretty fucking good. That's what he does. But um, college football is better when Urban's a head coach. And just because so many people don't like him, that's kind of the point. I can, I can, I can relate to that to a point. I don't really get along with a lot of people either, but I'm pretty fucking good at what I do. So it's not a friendship contest. And to be completely honest with you, I think that shit is played out anyway. So We'll see. Um, again, I'm on DNVR bus today with my man, Henry. So make sure you check out that show. We'll jump into the bus uh, and their loss to Texas A&M 10 to seven. I was disgusted with the play calling and I love Shiverini. He's my boy, but the back-to-back -back quarterback sneaks really, really pissed me off. Uh, we got to be more creative than that, especially with how well they were running the zone uh, or zone running plays early in the game. You, you've got the best nose tackle in the country with Texas A&M number 92 is the SEC defensive lineman of the week first performance. And he deserved it. He whipped the interior threes ass the entire game. Um, the play calling was very, very, very suspect to me. I, I just don't understand how we can't get the ball to rice and we can't get the ball to Stanley consistently. And we're not maximizing our tight ends and we won't go in the middle of the field and, you know, sometimes you just have to take points. And if we're going to run back-to-back -back quarterback sneaks, just take the three. Um, and that would have put them up 10 to nothing at that point. Missed opportunities can't be made up in games like this. And if you're going to beat the number five team in the country and your defense is going to play that well, you have to support them. And, and the offense definitely didn't. But uh, that's fixable. And I think they will fix it this week against Minnesota and, and move on. I'm not in here talking shit. I'm just, look, this is, uh, this is my opinion. 
And as an ex-player there and a member of the media, I have every fucking right to give it, and I will. Um, and here's another opinion. That defense is the best defense in the Pac-12, and they are going to be the reason the bus win eight or nine games and the South. And Nate Landman is, in my opinion, the best, the best pure linebacker in college football. And and I, and look, 1A, in my opinion, is Chad Muma at Wyoming. And Muma's Dungeon family. And I'm, you know, I gotta sit here and, and say it right now on the show, but Shale and Depot from Eagle Crest just was the Mountain West freshman of the week with two picks in his game, true freshman. Uh, safety and Chad Luma has back-to-back huge games for for Wyoming he was the Mountain West player of the week week one last week he had like 13 tackles and a pick six in their win Wyoming's 2-0 and and from what I can gather from Jim Nagy at the senior ball and whatnot Luma's only a junior so he can't go to the senior ball but he's a draftable player this year very highly and when you got Luma and Owen Depot and I'm literally doing this don't let these kids go somewhere else and they still don't go to Boulder. It really rubs my ass the wrong way. I love them seeing play. Seeing, I love seeing them play well, but I'd love to see them play well in black and gold. Uh, so, but that's kind of my issue with this whole thing is you got to make sure that you identify the talent correctly. And when I'm over here as an ex buff screaming it from a fucking mountaintop, and then this is what happens. It's just me sitting here being like, told you, I told you, listen to me. So hopefully they will a little bit more. Uh, I'm not saying they don't, but, when I'm when I'm standing on the table advocating for a kid, it's because he can fucking play, and that's just the way it is. Um, the defense back to the bus was outstanding. Uh, I, I love the way Lang played. He played hurt. Jalen Smy played tough at the point of attack. Landman was all over the goddamn field. Like I said, the secondary is really good. Hats off to my man, Coach Wilson, for everything he's done for that defense up there. He is defensive coordinating the shit out of the first two weeks. And I'd imagine they're going to have a good plan for Minnesota this weekend with Ibrahim, their outstanding running back out for the season. The quarterback cannot beat them one-on-one. The receivers are not good enough to beat that secondary. The bus defense should roll again this week. Um, it's only a one-and-a-half point spread right now, if I remember correctly. And I, I think CU is going to, going to really uh, give Minnesota all they can handle in Folsom and win that football game going into the Pac-12. Schedule in Arizona State on the road. That'll be a big one. Uh, that's a night game. They just announced it's going to be on ESPN at 8.30. So, you know, sleep in Saturday so you can watch the Buffs win that game in Tempe. Um, like I said, I'll be on DNBR Buffs today a li- little bit later to talk about more of, of all CU uh, all day. Henry does a great job on that show. Um, episode 125 is a wrap. As always, I am Matt McChesney. Uh, thank you to the great Rick Lewis, the master for coming on the show today, my mentor in the radio game, uh, for all he does and, and, you know, the, the honesty and and how much he, he cares about the Denver Broncos and you can tell in his broadcast and also in everything he does. So, uh, this week I will be on altitude sports radio on Friday from 10 to two hosting with my man, Josh Dover. Uh, and, uh, so make sure you get on there and and if you're in your car on friday listen to the big guy on the radio uh the turning point's going to be rolling here as we break down teddy bridgewater and his outstanding play from this sunday um and then also like i just said we'll be on dmvr bus later today to talk about cu uh, texas a&m and cu minnesota coming up on saturday morning uh from folsom so as usual thank you for listening on chain nation we really appreciate it um i'm your host matt mcchesney that was 
125 of McChesney Unchanged here at DNVR. Make sure you go to the dnvr.com and check it out. And lastly, I just wanted to tip the cap to Spano and and Ryan and everybody else down there, Allie and and Adam, everybody that has been busting their ass to open up the the Phoenix version of DNVR. They're rolling down there in Phoenix and it's going to change the game down there the same way it has changed the game here in Denver. Um, Man, I wouldn't be surprised if there's one in Chicago and LA and Dallas and all over the damn country knowing Spano and Ryan and, and just not only the integrity and character that those men have, but the work ethic and the professionalism and the fact that they're the fucking best. And it's not just some, you know, you know, media conglomerate that is responsible to the, you know, the teams they cover. They're actually giving real opinions and they're not just sitting there agreeing with shit over and over again. I think that's why so many people gravitate towards what we do here at DMVR. So huge tip of the cap to them and everything they do. Uh, as a small business owner, I know how hard it is to keep all that rolling. So, um, like I said, I'm your host, Matt McChesney. Thank you to everybody for listening. Have a great day. And, uh, we'll be back next week for 126. Thanks folks.